0: Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. All right, Mark, welcome to another great episode of Informed Dissent. Happy New Year, my friend. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to 2024. Yeah, it's been a crazy year, huh? 2023 is now behind us, and... It just seems like yesterday and looking back, oh my gosh, just craziness of 2023. And I'm really looking forward to spending 2024 with you with our relaunch of Informed Descent. We've got some great plans ahead of us for
1: the future. Yeah, we've taken some time to regroup and revamp, and we're going to come out strong for 2024 with a whole slew of really interesting new people and a few favorites that we're going to bring back for our second or third round as well because they always have something new to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think Peter McCullough is dying to come
0: back for like the 12th time or something, but we'd love to have him back. Looking forward to get Bobby Kennedy on as well. I'm convinced that this is the year and the quarter that we'll get him and some other big stars as well. Many of you who listen to podcasts, I know I listen to them all the time And there are several that I really like, and we want to get some of them on as guests, like Andrew Huberman, for example. I love that guy. Or we're going to find Peter Atiyah and bring him on, or Paul Saladino, The Carnivore Code. So we're going to roll in 2024. And although, you know, listen, we focused a lot in 2023 on the craziness of COVID and medical freedom stuff, and while we'll still touch on a lot of that, I think- The focus in 2024 is going to be on helping all of us achieve optimal health, learning from each other about some holistic hacks about how to take care of ourselves, about how not to need pharmaceutical products and how to do things naturally with supplements, and really move forward in a
1: holistic way for 2024. What do you think, Mark? Well, I'm getting more and more demand from my patients who are telling me, I just want to get off of or minimize my pharmaceutical drug use. I want to know how to move better. I want to be able to improve my sleep. How do I make myself well physically and emotionally in the most natural way possible without artificial means? This has never been more popular and more needed after coming out of this cave of two, three years of people being forcibly masked and kept at home, away from offices, and prevented from exercising in many ways. So there's, there's a new understanding and a new passion for physical health that will become, I hope, a model that I know you and I are already incorporating into our practices and that we both hope to bring to the public at large. Yeah, no question. One of the highlights for me of 2023 from a guest standpoint
0: was when we interviewed Dr. Jack Wolfson, who is a natural cardiologist out of Scottsdale, Arizona, although he spends a lot of time now living in Costa Rica. And he's got a term that I've stolen from him with his permission, by the way. He's become a friend and somewhat of a mentor. And that is eat well, live well, think well. That's his trifecta of optimal health and eat well, of course, is self-evident. What we put in our mouths, the nutrition that we give ourselves, you know that's clear. The live well part has a lot to do with how to avoid the endless array of toxins that we come exposed to, whether it's tap water that's filled with garbage or the aluminum that many people put under their arms or the fluoride that they put in their mouth with toothpaste and the like. And then the third component, which I spend the least amount of time on But arguably, maybe the most important is the think well part. And that is how to achieve optimal mental health. And that's the hardest. It's easy to make decisions about what to eat if you have the information. You can avoid certain toxins that are self evident if you're taught what they are and how to avoid them. But the mental health component is really, really challenging, I think, for the majority of people. You know, I posted something recently wasn't my line, but I kind of reincorporated. And that is many people spend a lot of time worrying about the future. And many people also spend a lot of time regretting their past and focusing on what went wrong in the past. And when you spend a lot of time doing that, worrying about the future or regretting your past, you lose the only opportunity and the only moment that actually exists. And that is this moment in time, the present. And we lose the present when we focus on worrying about the future, regretting our past. And all of a sudden, all this time has gone by and now it's 2024. And where has it gone? And what has the worry or the regret actually accomplished? I think I heard Prager or somebody else say, you know, about worry that if what you're worrying about actually comes true, well, you've wasted all that energy worrying about something and see it came true anyways. And if what you're worrying about doesn't actually come true, well, then you've wasted all that energy and see it actually didn't come true anyways. And, and so living in the present is super hard to do. It's really hard to do through practice of meditation and deep breathing and all the other things we can get closer to that moment where we can focus on the here and now. Over the Christmas holiday, my son was in town and he wanted to go to Disneyland of all places. The wokest, happiest place on earth. So I indulged him and I went to Disneyland. Actually had a really good time despite what Disneyland stands for. It's really fun walking around and people watching and the food is okay and whatever. It was fun hanging out with my son. But you see all these kids there not talking to each other focused on their phone. I don't know who they're paying attention to. They're clearly not paying attention to the person that they're with at that moment. And it's just sort of a reminder. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. You know, I've got a big Instagram account. I'm always looking and posting and doing this, that, and the other. But sometimes at night, it's nice just to turn the damn phone off and just be. So often when I go for a run in the morning, I'll just leave my phone at home and I'll just be out without any media or out without any connection. And it's, it's refreshing and liberating and frightening at the same time to be disconnected, but to be at one with yourself and your environment and trying to live in the present. So that's my focus for 2024, to try to work on that component that Jack talks about, and that's eat well, live well, and the think well component. That's what I'm going to work on in 2024, to be a bit more disconnected and present as we move forward in our optimal health opportunities with our podcast
1: and with much of what we do on social media. Something that I recommend often to patients, which falls in line with this managing the present by taking charge of the larger goals and plans in your life is something called the bullet method. It's a journaling tool. And I have no Financial stake in this, and they're not a sponsor of our podcast. It just came to mind as you were talking. It's written by a man named Ryder Carroll, and you can buy the the book called The Bullet Method on Amazon, and you can purchase a journal for about five dollars. You can use really anything, and all you need is the journal and a pen and about five minutes a day. And I've found personally this is very helpful in decreasing a lot of the intrusive noise that pops up throughout the day in our head, telling us what we should be doing in five minutes an hour a day a week in other words as you were saying the problem of thinking always in the future which sacrifices the present which is the only moment we really have so how do you protect the present well to some degree you can protect the present in addition to eliminating social media meditation all the things that that you describe in addition to that something that I found very helpful and I found helpful for patients is using something like the bullet journal method that allows you to organize your thoughts for the day, for the week, for the month, and for the year up front in writing through an investment of just five to 10 minutes a day. And then at the end of every month, about 30 minutes to an hour. And then at the end of every year, maybe one, two, or three hours. And you set down and write up plans and goals that allow all of your thoughts and ideas that would jump to you in the middle of the day. I've got to do this. I forgot to do that all put in writing that you can refer to at the end of every night or at the beginning of the day, at the end of every week, month, and year. And by doing that, similar to writing down thoughts that you have at at night when you wake up, you have nightmares, or maybe you have a brilliant idea, you write it down the moment that you think about it, even if it's at 4 a.m., and then you can go back to sleep because your brain knows that that idea has been taken care of. It's been written down for posterity, and you'll be able to find it in the morning. And then you don't wake up again and again and again with the same thought. It's like a completion of the task in your brain. And I think that happens during the day too. If we write things down, we plan for them, then we don't get interrupted in the middle of the day with thoughts of, what did I forget? What do I have to do next? Did I remember this? Did I remember that? Because we can always refer to it from a little book, from the journal. And that I find to be a really helpful way to quiet down the noise and to refocus on the present in a kind of ironic fashion. By planning our week, our month, our year in advance, we then keep ourselves in the now throughout that day, throughout that week, throughout that month, throughout that year. So that's the bullet method in a nutshell. Correct. That's the bullet method. It's, it's beautifully written in this book. I highly recommend it. But that's the nutshell summary of what I took from the bullet journal method.
0: Well, it sounds like a great idea. You know, I recommend under the umbrella of gratitude, of practicing gratitude. To write a couple, three things a day that you're grateful for. It's really hard to be anxious and depressed at this, and at the same time, be grateful. And too many of us, me included, we focus on a lot of the negative things and the difficulties that we have, but we forget sometimes to also be grateful, even for the small things. I mean, you know, Mark, I'm grateful for you, you know, our friendship. We met in the midst of COVID and we become great friends. We've traveled together, hang out together, and it's an important part of my life. So I'm really grateful for that and other people that have entered my life in the holistic health world. And sometimes we forget to be grateful and to focus on the things that make us happy and give us meaning as opposed to all the noise, all the background noise that's really easy to get lost in. And I think journaling is a great idea. I don't do that, but I should. And maybe I'll order that book and take a look at it and we can we can teach our audience and our Instagram audience and social media and podcast audience a little bit how to do that. I mean they come and they listen, I know I do, in part for entertainment, in part for information, and you know, to learn a little bit, how to be a little bit better, how to incorporate a tip or a tool that will make your life just a little bit easier in the very difficult times that that we all live especially for those of us that live in California it's even it's even more difficult so i think that's a great suggestion for 2024
1: we've been through some of the worst of what happened to the united states because we live in the heart of it so it's not like you and i have been just hanging out on a ranch in the middle of the country relaxing for the last 3 years and pontificating about how people can improve their lives. I mean, we've been suffering just as everyone else has. We've been attacked. We've been marginalized. We've been threatened. We've been put under stress. We've been trying to negotiate through this, this needle of being honest and honorable and truthful and sincere while also maintaining some semblance of financial and legal security. And it's not easy. I and mean, all Americans have been through this to some degree, especially in cities So I think our own experience and then, of course, offering that to patients has helped us to develop not just theoretical, but actually practical strategies and tips and advice that we both use ourselves, we use with our patients, and that others can benefit from through the podcast. No doubt about it. And that is the silver lining
0: of the COVID-19 tyranny that occurred, is that if not for that, I would not have woken up the way I did to some of the challenges in the three-letter agencies in our federal government, CDC, NIH, FDA, and so forth, if not for that COVID. If not for COVID, I would not have made many of the friends that I have, including you. We would not have met.
1: I wouldn't have even known you, Jeff.
0: No, exactly. And so there are some blessings that that occur even through difficult times. And you know, so that's what I try to focus on. I think there's an awakening occurring in the country for people that are looking for better ways, alternative ways to take care of themselves. I think there's a growing and rightfully so mistrust of physicians and the healthcare system and understandably, and they're looking for alternatives. And I think we are in a perfect position to offer ideas about those alternatives and hopefully to gather like-minded people that want to join us. And be part of it. And there's a lot of us throughout the country. You know, in 2023, I got my license, medical license in Texas, because I was worried as we fought that lawsuit, AB 2098, that now is gone. Although we didn't get the ruling we wanted from the judge, nonetheless, Governor Newsom signed a law overturning the 2098 that would have allowed the medical board to take away our license. Well, as a result of that, I got a little nervous because I'm outspoken like you are. And I was worried the medical board was going to come after me. And if you're under investigation by the medical board, you're not allowed to apply for a license in another state. So I didn't want that to happen. So I applied and got a medical license in the state of Texas. And just recently, I applied and got my medical license also for the state of Florida.
1: Oh, congratulations. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, thank you. So now I'm licensed in three states, California, Texas, and Florida. I think I may go ahead and get my Arizona license and possibly my Tennessee license as well. The other part of getting licensed is, you know, I can do telehealth, but only in states that I'm licensed in. Although there is a loophole, at least through the remaining part of 2024, that you can do telehealth if it's COVID related in all 50 states but I want to get a license in a handful of states. I don't have any plans to move. I've got a very thriving practice here in Southern California, but at some point I don't know that I want to stay. So I just want to kind of hedge, hedge my bet and, and have multiple opportunities and and see what the future holds.
1: I just had a conversation with an Israeli friend who runs a bakery shop a few blocks from me. He took it over from a Korean family that took it over from a German family that fled the Holocaust in the 1940s after immigrating to the US. And he told me that he is leaning strongly towards purchasing a rundown cheap property for one euro in Sicily, (laughs) which the government is now offering up to people to provoke and also to provide to the country healthy, stable, financially comfortable, new Italian citizenry to reinvigorate the southern part of, of the country in Italy. And after refurbishing this home, his friend, who went to Sicily recently for forty dollars or $50,000, basically built out a beautiful, refurbished, simple, but comfortable little home right on the ocean in beautiful weather with access to fresh meat, fish, vegetables, fruits, homemade pasta that doesn't cause gluten enteropathies and allergic reactions from all the chemicals, fresh wine and spirits, and a beautiful community of people who are very welcoming and interested in honoring newcomers who share their values. And this person is going to retire and spend the rest of his or her life in Sicily for far less of the expense of retiring anywhere in a city in the U.S., certainly Orange County or Los Angeles and with minimal crime, much healthier life, thinking, feeling, moving, and without all of the political instability that we have here in the US. Now, I'm not personally planning to move to Sicily like this baker and his friend might be doing, but I understand the sentiment, I understand the practicality of it, and I understand how it supports the values that we believe in, uh, which is maintaining a a sense of, of good physical and emotional health and not wasting money on foolishness and sharing in a community of people that are like-minded so the idea of it wherever that may be and maybe it's a different state maybe it's a different country i I definitely support it i understand at some point in everyone's life there may be a time when uh, it's just a better idea to move out of a big bustling stressful city and and start leading a simple life a simple life that uh, provides some refuge and some opportunity to grow and develop maybe write some books something that you can't really do as easily when you're in the midst of managing the chaos of an urban American lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I love that idea. You have threatened to move out of the country on several occasions, some angry rants last year on our podcast that you're moving to Croatia or some other place. And I certainly understand And I have friends that have moved out of California to all the usual places, and it's very, very tempting. But I'll tell you, you know, I have friends that live in Florida and Texas and Tennessee and all over the place, but there is nothing like the weather and the geography that we have right here in California. And, you know, speaking of that, we have talked, of course, last year we went on a cruise together. It was a Dennis Prager riverboat cruise. It was a lot of fun. And we had so much fun that we talked about doing it again this summer. So I think we need an informed dissent vacation, and maybe we can invite some listeners to come along with us somewhere. Maybe maybe it's Sicily or somewhere else. I think that'd be fun. Maybe it's a cruise. I don't know. Or some eating adventure somewhere in Europe. I think that would be a lot of fun to, to do something like that. And By the way, if you're listening to this, we're now in January 2024. It's the relaunch of informed Descent. We have some great things planned. If you're interested in participating and helping us, sponsorship and otherwise, please reach out to us. We've got a program in place for sponsorship, and we're looking forward to growing this platform, bringing on some wonderful guests, and partnering with you all, our listeners, in 2024. So if you're listening and you're interested, please reach out, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you.
1: Be informed to send listeners' crews first annual. 2024 <laughs> Absolutely, where do you want to go? I have always wanted to travel to Scotland and that would be only in the summer when it's actually decent and reasonable in terms of weather as well as some of the western Scandinavian nations. And part of the reason for this is that's that's my my family history. My great 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 grandfather came here from Scotland. And it's a place I've always wanted to check out and see where my lineage is. Plus they have really good scotch there. That's what I think. Yes, they do, yes they do. (laughs) Maybe what we'll do is we'll just rent a castle in Scotland and invite our informed descent audience to come on by. We could uh, use a set of historical armaments to engage in firing practice, perhaps cannons, (laughs) 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 because a lot of our listeners enjoy firearms. That's right. Yeah. We have a wonderful sponsor, Firearms Training
0: Associates. I know you spend a lot of time there. I hope to spend more time there now in 2024. And I think 2024 is going to be a fantastic year. I think things are quieting down in our country, but at the same time, we've got an election coming up, which will be very fascinating to watch. And maybe we'll even get some of those political candidates
1: on to discuss why they're running and what they have to offer. That would be great. I am looking forward in so many ways to the culmination and hopefully the conclusion of what's been a very long and drawn out arduous political battle in the last few years. I'm really big on conclusions and and clarity and putting things on one side or another. I don't like middle ground because I think it creates a lot of dis-ease. And stress. And as you often say, you know, stress is one of the biggest markers for disease and causes a lot of chronic illness. When things reach an endpoint, then the stress ends and you just start to take action. And I think we've been, as a country, kicking that can down the road for several years in a lot of ways, politically, financially, medically, socially. We've been building up towards a decision point now for a long time. And it's been artificially prevented by a lot of shenanigans, a lot of corruption, a lot of, let's say, printing of money to prevent financial collapse. But I would rather just have the collapse happen and then we can rebuild rather than playing this game of just pretending that we're in a economic boom when we all know the opposite. Same thing with politics. If we have a real surge of desire and interest in people that can start to speak for the country again, why do we have to keep fighting against these artificial government takeovers of our elections that prevent real candidates who are really desired from winning i would just like to see the truth come out in all ways in all respects so that we can then deal with reality as you were saying earlier we only have the now so the more that we can live in the now for better or worse the more that we can actually start to plan for a future and I've been waiting for that now to arrive on a national level for three years, and I keep saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it just keeps getting deferred and delayed and obfuscated. I really think that this year, this 2024, is going to be the year where everything comes to a head and we start to deal with what we've been avoiding for the last now three and a half years. So if
0: I can summarize what you're saying is you're hoping for a 2024 happy ending.
1: <laughs> just just saying. I am not going to comment on that because I don't know if what comes out is going to be appropriate.
0: <laughs> well, listen, Mark, this is a great way to start January, Informed Descent. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and I look forward to many, many more episodes of Informed Descent for 2024. It's an honor to call you a friend. And 2024, I think, is going to be a banner year for us, for the country, for our listeners. And I just wanted to thank you and our listeners for inviting us on their journey towards optimal health and for political sanity as well. So, <laughs> Agreed to all of the above. All right. Well, well, thanks, Mark. And we'll see you next time on Informed Dissent. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to Informed Descent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board certified child, adolescent and adult psychiatrist. Informed Descent: The Intersection of Healthcare and Politics.